The observation is powered by Cash App. Cash App is an easy way to send your friends money back and forth. And it's also a very simple way to invest into Bitcoin. And you can do so with as little as a dollar. If you use my code Aubrey, you'll get $15 in free money when you sign up. So use my code at terms apply. And also they have really sick merch. Can we just check out Maddie's outfit? Maddie, give us a show. What is this? Cash by Cash App. My God. Flames. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. You don't own me. Welcome to the observation. Powered by Cash App, I'm Aubrey Strobel, and we are back with another episode of Hot Takes. And today we have with me my best friend, Maddie, who will be co-hosting the show uh, most of the time if she's in town. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, people are out of town for the summer, but I want Maddie to tell our love story because it is a beautiful story. Okay, well, it. it is, it is. It's. It starts with me being a bit of a stalker, but... Don't hold that against me. <laughs> um, no, I'm, Aubrey says, Maddie just kind of became my friend and, and never left. But I moved to New York and I was teaching people about crypto and I didn't have a lot of friends that like actually knew what crypto was. And so I had like 40 followers on Twitter. Um, I have like a thousand now all because of Aubrey still. So it hasn't, uh, but um, I had like 40 followers on Twitter and Aubrey was always appearing on my newsfeed and with her like tens of thousands of followers. And I was like, this girl seems like she knows what Bitcoin is. <laughs> and so I messaged her, I said, hey, I'm looking for more female friends who are into Bitcoin, <laughs> like would love to take you out for a drink sometime or something like that. And Aubrey replied, which I was really shocked by. And then actually when she replied, I realized I didn't even follow her. <laughs> I didn't even follow her on Twitter. I just like saw her so much that I thought I did. And so she basically <laughs> replied and was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm down. Um, I just broke up with my boyfriend, so I've been kind of bored. Honestly, I don't know if I wasn't going through a breakup, if we would have yeah, met. I think I was just replied. desperate for like, let's, I need to go out and do things now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you go through a breakup, you're like, well, yeah. here we go. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it was during this, uh, like a snowstorm oh, or something. Oh, it was like, yeah, ba deep in winter. No, but you know what? Then we made plans to get a drink and you canceled because you were like, I'm drunk and I'm no. going to eat I was chicken hungover. tenders or It was something. different. You were hungover, you were hungover. Drunk from the night before. But she gave me another chance. And I was like, oh good, no worries. <laughs> and so then, yeah, then we got drinks and it was actually really, I didn't actually know if we would be like, I didn't know if we had hit it off. I was yeah. like, we'll talk about crypto and like, that would be cool. But then we had such a good time. And we so went to we White Horse Tavern, yeah. first date. Just yeah, <laughs> White Horse Tavern. So yeah, so Maddie, she's just a jack of all trades. She's on the show. She's one of the most hilarious, I don't know, bright, funny, silly. Like she is a little baby angel. She is. And anyway, um, Maddie will be on the show helping co-host. So uh, you, if you haven't watched the vlog video that we put up, we kind of introduced her, but I wanted to reintroduce because, you know, got to do those things. All right. So anyway, I just got back from Arizona where I grew up and I just, uh, I needed to like reset and go home first of all. And I, um, I got my dad, it was interesting because I went home and uh, I got my family's opinions on the podcast and it was <laughs> interesting what did they say? 
Well, my grandmother called me the female Howard Stern. And I was like, is there just... I think that like anyone above 60 like only knows Howard Stern. Like they hear radio or whatever and they're like Howard Stern. <laughs> and especially you were saying cursing on the radio, they're like Howard. Yeah. Well, he they, owns that. They, they're, the big shock factor was that I, dr- I dropped some profanity, which I, I guess my family just doesn't hear me curse in real life because I try to be good around them you know because it's just not necessary sometimes but like when I'm with my friends I will use it it's not like I'm using profanity as like a funny thing I don't think it's cool I'm not 12 years old I'm not drop I'm not saying drop an you just live in New York I, it's just how people talk in New York maybe I, don't I know. go home I'm like and my mom is like oh our little New Yorker flipping people off well okay so like yeah and, you know, I grew up in a very strict Catholic family, so I, of course, was never mm. cursing around them. But then when I go home, they're like, uh, you know, my dad goes, my dad had a lot of thoughts on the podcast, but he's, he said, you know, you, you don't need to, you don't need to do that cursing, Aubrey. You, you can still make your points if you, <laughs> if you want to. That it's was, more powerful if you don't. That's what he said. That's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. I don't think the kids cared. I don't, not the kids, but the people my age. Did you have a moment like with your family? I remember sort of a distinct moment because my brother's younger where my brother was kind of in high school and it was like all of a sudden it was like, okay to say like, damn at the dinner table or whatever. Like there was just a moment where it was like, we curse now, you know, like we're all adults. Like, did you have that moment or they were just like and Catholic even, people? Even we, now never... I'm like, I, I think I said fucking instead of my mom the other day. And I was like, oh shit. Oh, I got out. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> One but, of my best friends is Catholic. And whenever I go to visit them, uh, they're always, all the kids, there's six kids. And I'll be like, you know, what the fuck? Blah, 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 and they're all like, Ugh. I know. <laughs> but I also think that's generational. I don't think it was as common to do that. Anyway, I, I do take my family's advice and with, with a grain of salt, as I do with everyone's advice. And I think they all come from a very good place. But that was very funny to hear that. Uh, side of things every time you curse today I'm gonna go I know beat me out also I didn't curse growing up but I did call my parents by their first names at like at like 15 classic rebellion just Rob and Steph (laughs) and like I feel feel like it was like a strong army (laughs) anyway okay um all right so did I just knock a water bottle over okay so I went home to Arizona and I went back to my first job what was your first job Maddie um my first job well my like, I guess technically my first job was babysitting, which I was not good at. Doesn't count. What um, is what okay. is like a job that you had? My first job, I worked at Athleta, which is like Lululemon, but owned by Gap. So waspy. <laughs> Classic. And um, I don't think I netted any money because I got like 50% off on the clothes. <laughs> and, and I was the so- The pyramid t- scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, no, it was fun. You know what I, what was funny about that job was it was so many men coming in to buy gifts for their for their loved ladies and they just had no there i was like well what does she like like what is she into and they were always just like oh running or whatever and <laughs> i'm like nothing. cool like here's the whole running section they're like and what's good for that and i'm like you know like you could pick a color that she would like or like you know they do don't you, know it and her just, favorite color yeah, they so don't like, know what she does christmas was fun because they would just be like help you know and you'd be like well this this is a good outfit and like, thank you can you rap and you'd be like, yeah and they're like thank you and just sort of like that was fun. Sad. This goes back to our argument. I've been listening to this Lana Del Rey song. What is it? Norman, Norman fucking Rob. Sorry. Beep. It's the name of the song. 
Norman effing anyway. Rockwell. Look, look, look into it if you haven't. Um, so anyway, went home to, to IHOP was my first job. And it was so weird to go back to my first job. Because, and I took my grandmother out to eat and my twin brother. And we were sitting in one of the booths that I used to serve, which was weird. Because number one, it felt like I had time traveled. Because I hadn't been into that uh, IHOP in 12 years. And it's just... It's just old now. It was brand new. They had opened it when Ooh. I first started working there. No, it was just old. You know what I mean? Where yeah, you go yeah, there yeah. and you see your city and you're like, oh, it's kind of run down now. You have this, diff- everyone's moved out. And I'm not saying, I'm trying to say this in the best way possible. It's not that the, it's like gone downhill, but it kind of has. I got to be honest. Like it feels. Once Aubrey left, it was never the if, same. No, it just feels like, you know, when people move out of neighborhoods yeah, and it's just older people and then it, sort of gets it just it's not the same anymore it's a little bit lower I don't know an income it's just faded it's old yeah and it's just not taken care of and you go back in there and you see these people working the same job that you were working and it's just it's interesting It, it, it really did feel weird to go back and you know uh sit there and anyway so I was sitting were there, there. any people that were there that were still there when you worked there? Because like the IHOP Zero. that I used to go to, Zero. oh, it was like had these ancient old biddies. They were the best. And I'm sure they worked they, there. They for bop like 40 around. Years. They move them around. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, we're so like one thing that was so cool about when you would get a like a big tip, like you would get two and five dollar tips all day. Because mm-hmm. it's just you're you're selling pancakes, you're flipping cakes, you're not getting like the margins on that. You know what I mean? You're not yeah, getting yeah, like yeah. a crazy tip. So I was like, I, I always remember when someone would get a big tip, which never happened to me for some reason. <laughs> you want me to look into that? <laughs> Save that for your therapy. <laughs> they never tipped me. Just kidding. I just didn't luck out with like, whatever. Um, so then you get a big tip and you'd like run to the back and be like, someone tip me this much money. It's like the craziest thing. So I was like, oh, I should do that to this girl because yeah. it's so undeserved. Like there's just nothing. And it always, not not that she wasn't doing a good job. It's just like, there's no reason for it. And sometimes it's nice when something, when somebody does something for you that there's no, you can't really thank them for. And there's no real reason behind it. And I remember one time when some somebody did something really nice for me in college when I, when I wanted to go on this trip, um, it's a long story, but they said, you know, don't worry about it. Just repay the gratitude in the future to mm. when you can. Nice. And it feels nice to be in a place where you can give people that. And also it just, it just, it's just cool to do and see, like, I think you like recycle things. You go, you know, people help you at a stage, you help them and then it just keeps going back. And then one day she'll help somebody and it's just this, yeah, this paying, recycle. Paying it forward. I love paying that. I'm forward. a sucker for like people it. who leave like huge tips and whatever interestingly enough just how you said she didn't deserve it it's she, fucked she up she didn't not it's, deserve it, it. no it's no no <laughs> but it's messed up the way that we've structured payment for waiters and waitresses tips actually and i just recently learned this stands for to what is it to ensure prompt service was like the original purpose so it was like you're gonna tip extra to ensure that you get taken care of but now it's like you really? get paid three dollars and so i have to tip you so you can eat <laughs> food tonight the and like pay your rent like that's messed up dude, it's the, like totally it's so fucked the worst sorry the worst um <laughs> my parents are like you're done the worst part of it is when you're at the at a cafe in new york and they're like 
they flipped the iPad around and they're like, tip for this coffee that was $7. And I, I, I would love to tip you, but my God, inflation. And I just, what the hell? Did you notice too how they're sneaky on the iPad? They've changed the order. So if you tap, like, you know, cause we're kind of, especially with technology, like think about, you know, exactly you open your phone, you swipe this many times, you click there and like Twitter has appeared. Like you're a creature of habit with your tapping. They change the order of the 15, 10, 15, 20, 25. Oh, Have you noticed that? So if you tap where you were used to tapping for like the first four years of square pay, you're tipping 25% instead of 15% now. So Square owns Cash App. So I, I respect the hustle, man. I respect the hustle because that's funding us. So I like I like the switch around. I like it. I Sorry. think it's a great move, Square and Cash App. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so Arizona was interesting, but also what happened there was pretty interesting. There is a, there is a uh, gubernatorial election happening. Oh, I saw, this was the, it was the two Republican neck, women. Neck and neck. Too close to call? Yeah. So my parents are conservatives. Shocker. Don't tell. From Arizona. Shock. <laughs> anyway, so they were following this election very closely and they went to vote and the two women are Carrie Lake and uh, Robinson. Robson. Taylor. Uh, yes. And... What a dirty election this was. It was honestly pretty, it was neck and neck. And the thing that just drove me up a wall is that in Pinal County, on for if you showed up to vote in person, they ran out of ballots in an hour. One hour. What? We talk about broken systems. This is what fires me the fuck up, okay? It's how in 2022, and I don't want to hear anyone pitch, Elections on the blockchain. Elections on the blockchain. Before anyone pitches it. <laughs> Before anyone pitches that. Um, absolutely not. And it's just, how did you, this, the voter turnout for this was one of the largest turnouts. It was close to a presidential election. And I, okay, the other thing that drove me nuts about it, they ran out of ballots. So that's pretty screwed. Fucked. Sorry. I don't know what to say. I'm trying to like censor myself now because my parents don't watching the podcast. And then number two, uh, the woman, uh, Karen Taylor Robson spent $20 million of her own money, 20 million. Her husband's a billionaire. And this is what I think is so messed up about these elections. And, and it brought me back to proof of work, proof of stake, um, argument, which is, it's a stretch. We need but, to explain what but that yeah, is. Let's follow it. Yeah. Maddie, take, take the wheel. Okay. Well, just really Teach quick. the people who don't, aren't in crypto. <laughs> just, I feel like the simplest way to explain it would be um, there are just different ways of letting people validate transactions happening on the blockchain. And proof of work, you have to put in energy, you have to put in work in order to get the right to validate. Bitcoin runs on proof of work. Yeah. So if, um, you know, if you're the first person to solve this really complex math problem, right, then you get the right to validate and you earn uh, Bitcoin in this case. Uh, in order or as a thank you basically for doing that so proof of work everyone has equal opportunity you're just energy 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 towards solving the problem proof of stake in order to use less energy they uh, allocate the right to verify the validate the transaction based on the stake that you have in the network so if you own more of the token you will more frequently earn the right to validate a block and receive the reward but if you own fewer but you still want to do it you'll get it sometimes you just won't get it 
quite as much. That, I feel like, is the easiest way to explain the difference. Yes. And so knowing that, proof of stake is there's more power for people who have more stake in the game, right? So take that, take this election cycle, for instance. Um, she, the, the candidate spending $20 million has more stake or more power because she has more money and she's, and that's not the democratic system that we believe in. And so I just think I, I first personally don't love that. I think there needs to be caps on spending for elections. I also think but you, there are, aren't there? How did she spend that, that much? Like she, it's, she, pers- it's her personal it money. Yourself, it's her so personal it money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which just shows that the rich stay in power. And, and, and I just think that it's just broken systems. Number one, there should be a, t- a cap on what you can spend personally or even be, uh, even um, like just getting funded through like a super PAC. Um, and also there needs to be some goddamn age term limits. Like, okay, jo- <laughs> Joe Arpaio is, how old is Joe Arpaio? He was running, he lost, by the way. He's also, an, he used to be the uh, the sheriff. He was running for something in Arizona, lost. Joe, 90. he's, na- 90. he's 90 years old. Joe Arpaio is 90 years old. <laughs> I was watching the ter- the elections, <laughs> the results come in with my dad. And I was like, are you kidding me? What the hell? $20 million of your own money and 90 years old? That's the, what we have on a state level? It sucks. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I thought, thank God I don't live in Arizona anymore. There should be an age cap, though. That actually, I think they just weren't anticipating that. Because there's an age, you have to be whatever, 35. Okay, but hear me out. I I believe- Even Joe Biden, 78? That's too old. He's almost almost 80, I thought. Well, I guess when he was- uh, We almost had the same birthday. Elected, he was 78. Yeah, it's bad. I think- this is the thing I believe in like the most freedom always. So I want people to be able to run. It's just the fact that they keep running. Yeah. And so it's like, well, we got to do something about this. None of the young people, I think maybe young people are smart and aren't power hungry and don't really give a shit about running for office. Bring it back. Uh, Biden, speaking of old, <laughs> <laughs> just old people running the world. Uh, Biden had COVID twice and has miraculously covered from cancer. Okay, this is like the biggest presidential gaffe. Apparently he said that he had cancer. Not true. (laughs) (laughs) But then he's also, the man has recovered from COVID twice now in the same week. I, for one, think that we need to look at Biden's body, you know, in, in, in the future and do some DNA testing on this because this is a medical miracle. Said, we said he was too old, but actually the guy's perfect specimen. Built different. <laughs> built different. How do you get COVID two times in like a month? How do you say that that's two separate cases of COVID when for a while in the beginning there, if you got COVID, you were testing positive for like three months. Is Biden a super spreader? <laughs> is he? They're going to kill him off, man. Dude, what the fuck? It's true. <laughs> I'm just saying that his, his team, everyone's turned on him. I mean, his approval rating. No, what I think is messed up. is like 0%. Talk about like elder abuse. I honestly think it's elder it's abuse. It's cruel to put him up there. It's cruel. And know who's complicit? His wife, Jill. Yeah. I honestly think it's messed up. You see your husband 
going through this and you just let him suffer and be humiliated by the like I, everyone I, it's just i would be like um honey we gotta go home no it is it's terrible all we these gotta videos, go home you're done all these videos just retire just like wandering around on stage like looking for hands to shake it's actually really sad it is sad i'm not i'm not saying this at, i and this is not political at all i'm i'm genuinely just saying it is not fair that Biden is put out there at his age when he should just be with his family. And and people will yeah. argue, they'll say, I actually think he's like valiant for his self-sacrifice and doing this at his age. Yeah, I would say that too, but at what point, right? Can no right. one else be self-sacrificial? Every every part of the government is, in, of, is service. But like, do, does Biden need to be the one that's laying down on the cross and like this that's is an interesting point it's just not like the, the whole democratic party sort of needed him to defeat trump they were like we need a good trusted moderate and they didn't really have a lot of options no they had nobody and so they <laughs> just propped up like weekend at bernie's weekend at biden's <laughs> Just Poor Biden. like behind you know him. Biden's just eating ice cream cones in his room, like <laughs> recovered from COVID and cancer. And cancer. What kind did, of cancer? I don't even act, know. It says, it says that he was referring to skin cancer years ago. Does he know that? Which is very common. Does he know that? I, it's, it's sad, man. One thing I do like about Joe is he rocks those aviators. Does he, he yeah. rock a pair of aviators oh, yeah. or does he not? He does. <laughs> If I was Ray-Ban, I would <laughs> scoop a sponsorship. Okay, uh, Michael Saylor is stepping down as CEO. Michael Saylor is the former CEO of MicroStrategy who has just bought every single dip and high. <laughs> um, and Saylor announced he's stepping down. And uh, it's interesting. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Maddie? Um, I, you know what? I appreciate Saylor because... Bear, bear market or bull market, like he's always sticking his neck out for the cause. I'm seeing this. It says that he's stepping down. They've lost $917 million on their Bitcoin investments. Basically a billion dollars just gone. And I bet you he hasn't wavered one, one bit. And, and I love that about him. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I appreciate it. I mean... I don't know what MicroStrategy does. Exactly. What does MicroStrategy do? <laughs> um, so I just sort of assumed that he was like, ah, fuck it, I don't know what MicroStrategy does, so I'm just going to invest in Bitcoin and like mass amounts and we'll figure it out. Um, but, you know, he's an icon for the space. And the one thing I don't like about when we praise people, I th okay, back to the Elon thing. I feel like men just want a hero all the time. And so they find these dudes like Sailor. And I'm not knocking Sailor. All I'm saying is that there's this hero worship and it's a little odd. Has he done tremendous things for the space for being one of the first people with a publicly traded company to add it to the balance sheet? Sure. We Let's take that off the table now. Fair enough. I think it's almost like a necessary evil. Like, I, and, it, and I agree, it always bothered me. Like, it always bothered me, like, Jamie Dimon would have some random, like, pretty pretty lukewarm take about crypto. Like, saying, like, kind of nothing. Like, oh, it'll, it'll be a player in the future. And, like, you know, but it's not, it's not something I'm interested in. And then all day on Twitter, it was, like, every finance uh, newspaper, every crypto yeah. person was, like, Dimon says, not that interested in Bitcoin. And I was, like, 
always who cares i mean obviously he's, he's a smart guy but it was more just like the attention given to people who aren't even building in the space about their thoughts on the space where if you read about it if you read what they're saying it's just clear like their firm is just not interested has basically said we're not going to touch this and so why are you why are you looking to them to figure it out and i guess in the same way if someone decides to touch it Again, if they're not really building, if they're not contributing, I guess maybe we should value that more than their... Yeah, they just look like these old, again, back to old, rich white guys. Like, And I'm not, I mean, any guy, really, make a comment. Like, you have like people like Charlie Munger that'll make a comment. It's like, why do we give a fuck what Charlie Munger thinks at this point? Like, well, to be fair... Buffett and Munger are like brilliant. Yeah, but but it's just it's just you're you're creating an innovative new technology. Ask the people building Munger it. Munger is they're not going to be alive in not 10 years. a ninety nine year old. It's not going to be alive in ten years. Who still owns? Like, Won't be here to see it. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Unless that's just life expectancy. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I, I one <laughs> one thing one thing I actually can agree with in a weird way on the sort of Buffett train with. Bitcoin is, and I've said this from the beginning, I don't know that Bitcoin is good for America. I, I actually would guess that it's like for America as a central center of power. I, I don't think you could say 100% that it's good. As like a censorship resistant currency, Why? I think you can say that's great. And if America were to fall into the hands of a more authoritarian state, Bitcoin, awesome. But if you're looking at the world as Buffett's looking at it, and you're thinking about the dominance of the U.S. dollar and like the power of the Fed to basically decide everything, which helps him because it helps the power of his companies. I understand why he says Bitcoin is dangerous. Why? You just think it ships power from? Well, I just think if you look at the dominance of the American dollar and then you say to all these people who have to trade their oil or whatever in dollars, and then you say, actually, you can do this in a cryptocurrency that's not loyal to any government and that doesn't kick a bunch of power back to the states, which you hate because you're whatever, some oil producing country in the Middle East, then you like that. And then that takes away the influence that the dollar has. And so, I don't know. It's a take. But, I mean, it's a take. I don't think it's good or bad. I just think- I, No, I'm kind of neutral on it. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't agree, but yeah. yeah. So Solana wallets got hacked because private keys were being put out there in plain text. On a centralized server. Like this slope, slope wallet, I think. So let's back that up for people who don't quite understand what that means or what any of that means. Because another critique from my family were like, we don't know exactly what you were talking about, but we know <laughs> it was important. Solana is a protocol that's trying to kill Ethereum a little bit. Um, and it allows you to create things like NFTs on it and a bunch of other stuff. Don't worry about it. Basically, what is important is that people who have these wallets with Solana got hacked because their private key, something that you should only have access to, a private key is something for you and you alone. It was just sent out to people. It's like the wallet didn't even know what private keys were. And they made the wallet. It's so bad. Um, and so the problem with this is once two people own the private key, there's no way of discerning who is the rightful owner, which is then you're screwed because there, how, how is there any way to validate that 
I'm not the original private key owner and that you are, you know, there's nothing that you can do. And this is actually a huge problem with people uh, becoming their own bank in situations like this, because there is no third party. There's no arbitrator to come in and say, uh, this is the rightful owner and this was the hack. There's no way. Yeah. And so you are screwed. So a lot of people got screwed. You hear about these hacks uh, and it's just, it's bad. I was actually, at, I was getting my hair done in Arizona and uh, one of the first, they always ask me about crypto. So one of the first questions they asked me was, so we had a, a girl in here that put 20,000 into Celsius and is she like screwed? Is there any way for her to get that back? And I was like, uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> Can't help, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry to tell you, but uh, and she was like, well, what about Coinbase? People are freaked out, you know, like no yeah. one trusts anything anymore. She's like, should I take everything off Coinbase? And I gave her my thoughts on it um, separately, but it's even things that you think you can trust and people thought they could trust Celsius and they just, it, it's sad to see. There's so many people losing money. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing when you say, okay, we're building a trustless system. Also, f I don't like that word. Fair enough. I honestly, I kind of agree. I, 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 I feel that it's a little misleading. But this idea of like- Validate, don't trust, verify, yeah. don't trust. When I say validate. Don't trust, verify. Yeah. Don't trust, verify. Yeah. But that you, you do, if you used Slope, you were trusting some random software engineers, you were trusting them to build a wallet that understood that you can't publicly display private keys on a centralized server. And you trusted the wrong person, that's, you know, that's a, Bummer, but the idea, like we advertise so, it as so like, then where this does is fault, where does fault lie? At one point, when do we take ownership over, this is my bad for trusting someone yeah, or trusting a company that was not clearly up and was like a, just a startup and I'm, I took a risk. When do we put like, where is the self-ownership? Where does the buck stop? No, I, I mean, I think that's the, the question, company? right? I mean, it's because self-sovereign money, like if you lose your private key, that's on you. If you, you know? lose $50 because it fell out of your wallet on the street, whose fault is it? Yeah, it's your fault. But if you, you know, I mean, the U.S. has some of the, the strongest, um, like, identity protection and, like, banking protection in the world. So that if, you know, the bank loses all your money, you can blame them. That was their, that was their fault. But you kind of entered into something with more stringent agreements. Well, I mean, I don't know. there are, you know, the people have FDIC insurance, but that's only like guaranteed up to like 20, 250,000 anyway. Yeah. So if you, you're putting in more, you're screwed still. So you're not, I mean, depends on how much money you have in there, but no one's really safe at the end of the day. There's always some loophole of, well, you're not, your money is not safe unless your money is under your mattress. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's not safe from inflation. Or a fire. So true. Or a burglar. I mean, I think that's the question that, that we're answering right now is we're, we're not all software engineers. We're not all cryptographers. So how do we create this system where most people feel safe operating within it? What if the answer is just there is no safety net? No one is safe. You're not safe ever. It's actually just anarchy, chaos. But it is though, is it not? Yeah. Are you actually safe? If you, are you just naive to believe that someone is always going to have your back? Is it not better to, not in a, a chaotic, anxious way, but just to know that you always have to have your back at the end of the day? Isn't that an easier way to live life? For sure. For sure. But I mean, that's kind of a 
I feel like if that's how you want to defend blockchain, then <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I, I this isn't a no, pro blockchain is. show. No, I know. But I, I feel like that's, that's a good principle. I mean, that's why I like it too. Self-sovereign in all, in all realms. Like you, you've got you and that's, that's how you have to live. You know, no politician's going to save you for sure. Not if you don't know that by now, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Biden's like, not saving you. <laughs> Pelosi's not saving you. Joe Arpaio is definitely not saving you. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, maybe I, I respect that too. But we can't live in a world where there's just, you can't interact with anyone, you know? No, that's not, that's going too far. I just think that I can't name anything that I trust deeply. Not even you. A thing. <laughs> a person. Nancy Pelosi has that dog in her, for sure. She went to Taiwan. <laughs> I tried to get through that without laughing. <laughs> Pelosi has that dog in her. She is ballsy. She Oof. just... <laughs> um, she had a trip planned to Taiwan. She was the first person to visit since Newt Gingrich back in 1997. Yeah, I don't know the exact year. And... Um, Obviously, Taiwan and China have tensions, so flying into Taiwan was considered risky, and people were concerned that her flight was going to get shot down. Three million people were tracking her flight at one point on Tuesday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. To see if it got shot down. Because China said they came out really strong. They were like, we will retaliate. This is not, but this is not okay. But you didn't do shit, did you, China? Did they you? ran the exact same... Like military exercise around Taiwan that they ran when Newt visited. I will say that I love standing up to China, number one, and I love that Pelosi went. And I thought it was, I really commend it. I thought it was great. And um, it just says, rarely do we have a, a leader in the US that says that we're not going to be pushed around and I'm not afraid of you, China, because really they've been pushing us around for so long. So I, love that she shit up there and i think it's it's great i i don't love everything that nancy does and all her insider trading and everything that she is we could we could go into a whole nancy pelosi rant but we won't but i do respect her showing up there and uh you know people were afraid that it was going to tank the market that it was going to start world war three i think a little dramatic on world war three if pelosi landing in taiwan kicked off world war three wouldn't it be kind of funny though <laughs> like that's what Wouldn't kicked it off. Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't, no, it's not love it. It's like Pelosi kicked off World War Three by just her plane. To be fucking honest. But what a way to go out. Pelosi. If they did shoot her down, hear me out. Hero. She dies a hero. She to dies everyone, a hero, and that's true. She's an American hero. Yeah. Maybe not that's that she's her plan. not. Maybe she's just gonna do a bunch of stuff. Maybe she's she's part of the old club. How old is she? She's eighty-two. Okay, Pelosi's eighty-two. Maybe she's just trying to die. What a, a way hero. to go out, though. I would go out that way. I wouldn't. Actually, I don't want China to kill me. I would hate that. But I would. It would be getting shot down by plane pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, you don't feel it. You, you would unite, you would unite the parties. If, if, if her, if she was trying to achieve reconciliation between the Democrats and the Republicans, you would unite them. It would unify for about two weeks and it would go back (laughs) to chaos. The interesting thing, I think, uh, kind of Pelosi, no love, no love lost between Pelosi and I, but the interesting thing was that China (laughs) really didn't follow up. Like they obviously they didn't shoot down her plane. They said they were gonna and even the Chinese people, I was reading this article, the Chinese people on social media were kind of poking fun at Beijing for not 
doing anything when they used such strong language. And there's this guy, there's this um, geopol- geopoliticist, Peter Zion, mm-hmm. who has this book out called The End of the World is Just the Beginning. It's so good. And he... You guys try to show me this book. <laughs> I know. It's the best book ever. Um, well, he's, he's just great. But he basically thinks China can't do anything. Like they have no... Their naval power only extends like one minute past their coastline. And they have no military power at all. And so his response to this was he basically said they're making threats, but they actually aren't going to do anything. So it's kind of interesting. The two enemies, Russia and China, Russia with Ukraine, China with Taiwan, like they're, they're, Russia is definitely making a little bit more of a statement than China, but we're kind of seeing how we're kind of figuring out intentionally or unintentionally how much of an enemy they really are. Like Russia has been a really slow fight in Ukraine and China was like oh big talk but now they haven't done anything maybe they will some people think it'll take a while but I don't think Putin does shit I I will say I like what you're saying there and I I I like it's kind of like a game of chicken and Mm. and it's I love that when we call their bluffs too yeah it's like okay uh we're we're coming we're coming to Taiwan pull up China doesn't pull up okay so you're actually just all talk I mean, I would love to, I mean, I don't want them to do anything, but it is strategic too. And it's a power move too. I love that Nancy showed up there and um, it was less than a day that she was there, but I mean, granted, she showed up at all. That's, that takes a lot. And um, it's, it says a lot like actions speak larger, louder, can't talk. Actions speak louder than words. And um, I I was playing chess with my dad (laughs) while I was home and I just love the strategy of it too. And like putting these people on like check Taiwan, check Russia, Mm. you know, Mm. and do something about it. And then they, and then they, you know, whatever, but I lost all six games. Oh, all six. No Queens gambit over here. That's, but you know what? My dad plays on chess.com all day. It's okay. I won't hold it against you. I don't, but we're getting a chess set for the observation studios. And I would love to just challenge everyone to a game before they I love chess. I'm so bad at it. (sighs) <sighs> but it's fun. We were talking about we were talking about chess earlier too, like chess and life and learning more about strategy. And maybe we were wondering if maybe it was like a female thing uh, that, but maybe it's just a person thing. Learning to sacrifice your pieces. Oh yeah. In order to succeed in the game, like there's the nerves of like I don't want to lose yeah. my team or like I don't want to figuring out that like you have you literally like have to give up pieces in order to get your queen. Yeah, to the goal. you got to shed stuff. You have you to. Like- you have to be willing to lose. Also, I love putting yourself out there and then having to figure your way out back. You know, you you take a you make a big risk and move a piece out there, and you're like, okay, like I'm going for it. But there is no. It's not that, it's, it's the same with life. You know, we're watching you do that right now with this podcast. Starting, you're you're like, hello, I'm get I'm getting out there. I'm yeah, do something. You know, I guess it is true. It does relate. Yeah. She's got you all in check. Everyone, no, everyone's in checkmate. They just don't know it yet. Two <laughs> moves away. <laughs> Thinking two moves ahead. Um, anyway, we are having a launch party today for the observation, yeah. which is great. Thank you, Cash App, so much because we will be having a ton of people in New York over. I'm excited. We're doing it at the Hotel Chantel rooftop. You found the location. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah, I went to a, a bottomless brunch there one time, um, which is never... Never a good situation for me because I don't 
drank the alcohol at the bottomless brunch. Oh, do you get screwed um, on the check? Oh yeah, I pay like seventy dollars for like just really neutral. The food is never good at a bottomless brunch. It's just you're yeah. just there for the mimosas. They don't they don't bank so, on that because they want you to be drunk yeah, and forget. So I've started just like saying I don't eat, but I'll come I'll come for the vibes. But they had like it was a cool kind of old fashioned looking roof, and so I thought I've I, ne- thought I don't be nice. know if I've ever been there, so I'm just gonna show up. Um, also, thank you, Alexa, for helping plan the event. And uh, Alexa's here to make crypto events cool again. She is. We love that mission. We have we have right now about 130 people on the guest list. I told them 100, but you know, people come and go at different times. Eh. I think I bet <laughs> if you were gonna have a four hour long party, it is four hours in New York. You could invite like triple. That's what I'm saying. The people that no you saw because well, first of all nobody's going to show up for the first hour and a half facts. Um, and if they do, it's cause they have another thing to do. So they're not going to stay very long. And then a lot of people are going to show up like right at the end. You know, if it goes till 11, they're going to show up at like 10 cause they just can't get it together. So I wrote these hot takes on my plane ride back to New York and I didn't realize I was getting a free complimentary beverage. So I asked for the rosé. first class? No, just right behind hot take on first class. Not worth it if your flight is fewer than five hours. It's just, it's just stupid in terms of you can't be uncomfortable for small amounts of time. And I think you're kind of soft. Yeah, you just look like a weenie. Your seat's only three inches bigger than my seat. I'm getting the free drink right behind you in that next row. You paid for that. You were in that economy plus. You had that extra leg room. Just a little bit of an what airline were you just flying? A little bit of an- <laughs> American. 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 Sponsor me. Um, Their food has gone downhill. I don't really know the airlines. I don't have one of the, but you know what I do have is clear worth it. Oh my God. Even though they will, they will clone me in the future with my iris scan. I'm so weird about like personal information and don't see my face and whatever. And I saw clear. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. They're a hundred percent going to leak my eyeball data. And I don't care. As if Apple doesn't do that already. Also, uh, Speaking of that, I saw a comedian make this joke the other day about data. It's like, everyone's stealing my data. Like, everyone's upset about that. When we used to fling telephone books with everyone's address and phone number at every house, <laughs> you had full access to that all the time. Stealing that's your so data, true. you didn't even get to opt into that shit most of the time. Yeah, that's true. Do you, the white, the yellow pages. Yeah, I, that's how I used to look up people in my class. That, like, I would have a crush on them and I'd be, have to figure out their parents' names. Like oh I remember had God. a crush on this kid named Jared Deatter and I had, and but his dad was my teacher and I like figured out his first name so that I could look up the number. Oh. We There's had, a lot of Deatters in Arizona. Crazy last name, but a lot yeah, of them. Rogue. We had like a I'm just remembering this. I, I wouldn't have remembered this. We had like a school handbook that had everyone's home phone number. So you could Yeah. So you could call them. Did you you're too young to remember the phone line listening in, right? What? Home phone? Yeah, what do you mean? I had a home phone. Did you do the thing when you would pick up the phone and oh, listen yeah, if to people's calls? Oh, yeah, my mom was on the phone. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, what are you talking about? Ooh. I'd be like, you know, whatever. Cecily's mom is calling. Like, can I sleep over? And I'd be like, let's see what she said. That was the original T. When I when family drama would go down, I would, you had to be so quiet with it. Yeah. Because they could hear the click and sometimes, or you breathing. And so you would have to like do it so slow. And hold it like away from your head. And then just hold it. And then sometimes my mom would be like, oh, is Aubrey on the phone? It's Aubrey on the line. And then I would be like, just put it down. And like, no. And then I wanted my own line. Ooh. But that's, Our secrecy? 
who was gonna call me? I was in seven. You remember how cool the phones were though? I had one too. I had like a little hamburger or whatever. You know, it was like you could get your own. We grew up differently, Maddie. What? You could get a little, you could be like little shaves. <laughs> I liked that. It's cute. I did then the modern version of it when my mom got her Mac desktop and she didn't know that her messages were displaying on the computer. And so I would be, I would ask her um, for permission for something and I would go and be like, I never looked at her messages with my dad because I was just like scared. I didn't want to see what they were up to. But if I was like telling her I wanted to go to a party with someone or something, I would see if she was texting their mom, like how they were feeling. Oh, so like, what was the vibe? Yeah. My mom's super open. I don't think she would mind. Sorry, mom. <laughs> it all comes out eventually on the, on the blue couch. I have that rule. Like uh, after five years, I'll just kind of tell my mom whatever. Yeah. I don't have that rule because I'm... <laughs> Catholic, they, <laughs> they say, oh my God. Uh, launch party tonight. Having a launch party tonight. Hottest event in New York City. Okay, so what are you going to wear? The problem is, is no one's in New York City during the summer. <laughs> it's too hot. It's just really no one's People here. have options. It's Everyone amazing. wants to be by the water. They're in Mykonos dancing on a table right now or in the Hamptons. Dancing on a table. I'm not We're going to be at Hotel Chantel. Dancing on a table. But you know where I am? I'm bringing back the culture in New York. I'm bringing it back, baby. <laughs> With an all-white all party. <laughs> I don't think that's the kind of culture we want to bring back. Oh, my God. Not that kind of white. <laughs> know what Pierre said? Pierre is like, I'm going to show up in, like, a white person. Like, just dressing like a white dad outfit. If, if he didn't have to go to this other event. the theme was white. Yeah, I thought it was all white. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, but you might, what are you going to wear though? So I, I ordered three dresses, two are white, one is red, just cause like maybe, maybe I come in a red dress and like, uh, it's, it's it kind off. of a mind fuck. Cause you're like, look, you guys are all going to follow the rules. Is it a power play? Am I like playing, playing too much chess? I'm going to break, I'm going to break <laughs> the rules that I made. We'll see. I'll try the dresses on and then, and then we'll move from there. But we're having a party and I just, it's so nice to see and hear from people who have just been so supportive. And I just could not be more grateful to Cash App, uh, number one, for sponsoring our show. And having all these friends that are coming out during a bear market, during the middle of summer, to just have a drink and hang out means so much to me. And it's just gonna be a great time. So super excited to have the party uh, tonight. And we're gonna put out a vlog of the party so people that cannot physically be in New York can watch it. Love that. And enjoy. I don't know what we're doing with it, but it'll be fun. Uh, so thank you so much, Cash App. And this has been The Observation. Good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs>